executant on the clarinet. And in other ways his domestic life was modified. His house, though still in the country, was smaller. The books were more in evidence, and to Pope had been added Shakespeare, Wordsworth, St. John of the Cross, Hegel, Emerson, and Dunn. The spider had grown remarkably literary, sometimes more literary than anything else. The wireless transmitter had disappeared. In its place, the spider had found a bosom friend, a retired engineer who accompanied him everywhere and wrote down everything he said, always without any inconvenient penetration into why he was saying it. But the engineer, though not clever, was literary too. He and the spider were never so hot on a trail that they would not stop to bandy a little poetry by the way. The poetry was delightful in itself, and it served to distinguish the spider in what was becoming a seriously overcrowded profession. Mr. Richard Elliot, the creator of the spider, had not meant to do it, or not as much of it as he eventually found himself doing. The first spider story, he would say in that elusive literary way which was growing on him, had come into the world with the same apology as the baby in Mr. Midshipman Easy. It was only a very little one. And curiously enough, it had been the product of unnecessary fastidiousness. Some twenty years before this chronicle opens, Mr. Elliot had inherited a largish house in the country, and here he lived as any morally blameless rentier might live. He superintended unremunerative agricultural operations in an amateurish but competent way. Occasionally he ran up to town for the opera, the exhibitions of the Royal Academy, interviews with his stockbroker, and the Eton and Harrow match. It was the Eton and Harrow match of 1919 that was critical in his history. This match took place three days after the birth of Mr. Elliot's second child. For the first time, Mr. Elliot entered his club in St. James as the father of a son, and he there found a number of his contemporaries who were already the fathers of Etonians and Herovians, for Mr. Elliot had married somewhat late in life. It at once became clear to Mr. Elliot that Timothy must go to Eton. The decision was, it has been hinted, unnecessarily fastidious, for the education of a gentleman may be received at a number of less expensive schools, but every Englishman will understand Mr. Elliot's processes of mind. Mr. Elliot then put the infant Timothy down for Eton, and went home to count the cost. It promised to be considerable. Moreover, there was the possibility of further sons being born to him, and it would hardly be fair to send Timothy to Eton and his younger brothers to lesser schools. And this was the point at which Mr. Elliot remembered that he was by way of being a literary man. Years before, and during his short service in the Indian Army, he had printed a couple of sketches in a regimental magazine. His friends had liked them, and he had been encouraged to send a short story full of careful local colour and the correct reactions to physical danger to a London editor. The story was published, others succeeded it, and in those severely unillustrated magazines that lie about in clubs for the recreation of the elderly, Mr. Elliot's name was for a time frequently to be remarked. But when he retired to the English countryside, he dropped this habit of authorship. 
He was no longer in contact with the tigers and fakirs he had been in the way of writing of, and he found that he remembered surprisingly little about them. Moreover, he was becoming rather too bookish greatly to enjoy writing. He had a fondness for Shakespeare, Wordsworth, and others of whom there is singularly little to be said. On his favourite poet, Pope, he became quite an authority, and he sometimes dared to wonder if there might not be room for a monograph, of an unassumingly scholarly sort, to be called Pope's Use of the Terms Nature, Reason, and Common Sense, A Study in Denotation and Connotation. Rough notes for this opusculum, together with a neatly typed title page, lay about on Mr. Elliot's desk for years. That Mr. Elliot, thus circumstanced and thus inclined, should have invented the spider in order to provide schooling for his son is something on which he himself...